to God. Welcome to Anchor Church. Hallelujah. We're anchored in the Lord, in the presence of the Lord, the anchor that goes beyond the veil. Hallelujah. Ha, 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 ha. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Well, we only got about another two hours to go, so. If you get nervous, it's no problem. The school limits us, so praise the Lord. Ha, ha. Mm. It's, praise God. Well, you know, during worship, the first part of worship, uh, the Lord began to speak to me in the service, and uh, this is what I wrote down, just in the, in the worship right there. <laughs> and then, so I didn't realize then after we ministered this way. Anyhow, this is what it says. Humility is freedom. Be free today. The world says you have to do this and that and perform, but God says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and find rest for your souls. He whom the Son sets free is really free. He that would find his life must lose it. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty. I thank Jesus. I thank Jesus. And I think Jesus is the most awesome man that's ever lived. Amen. What must it have been like to be him? God in the flesh to come and get dressed up in human form and flesh. You ever been in a room? Maybe it's a surprise party. You know the surprise is coming. You know something's going to happen. But the person whose surprise is for, if you've done it right, is unaware. People say, like, never did anybody ever speak like him. He spoke as one with authority. I some people say the word says that. You think he's any different when he looks at you? When he looks at your life? He was touched, touched in all points. Like I was talking about temptation, like we are. Temptation, sometimes you get the idea, well, I'm tempted to whatever. Fight or cuss them out or <laughs> look at that junk or whatever it is. That's the first thing you think of. But so, <clears throat> sometimes, or steal. <laughs> Steal a mint. Did you take a mint from me? 
Sometimes you're just tempted to live natural. Sometimes you're just tempted to say, like, you know, I'm too tired. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go worship the Lord today. I'm not going to read the, read the Word today. You know, there's many temptations, but Jesus, man, what about Jesus? He was tempted in all points, like you are, like I am, yet without sin. Not so that he could come and say, what is wrong with you? I did it. <laughs> he knew man's weakness, and he loved us. I think one of the greatest joys of my marriage is that my wife doesn't know all of them probably, but she's aware of many of my weaknesses, yet she loves me. She chose to love me. Look at marriage, like a godly marriage. Paul used the marriage example for Christ and the church over and over and over. So Jesus looks on all mankind he says, I love them, even with all their junk. And I'm going to come, and I'm going to make it so that that junk that they keep going back to again and again, I'm going to take the power of that junk away from over them. I'm going to take the authority of that, and I'm going to remove it because I'm going to take it all on me, and then I'm going to defeat it utterly, completely, and wholly, as much as I, as God, can do anything. So that those things don't have a place. So when he, he didn't say, look, like, what's wrong with you? He said, I know what's wrong with you. And it's not who you've been made to be. It's who the devil has perverted you to try to make you become. When he sees you, he sees you perfected in Christ. He sees you mature in Christ. Like, like love, Henry Drummond's book on love, what an amazing book on love about 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. But uh, Henry Drummond said, basically, there's nothing like someone that you know believes in you because you'll rise to the level of your belief, of their belief in you. In other words, if you don't think I can do it, and nobody thinks I can do it, rare is the bird that can rise above that. But you have one that lives on the inside of you that has said, if you do it in me, you will not fail. I have, I have made preparation for you in every part of your life. I have prepared ahead of time for you so that you would not be dominated by the things of natural man or the things of the world, the world system. In other words, uh, he that Jesus has set free, the Son of God has set free, is really free. Natural mind says, well, I, I'm not going to, I would not want to uh, become a Christian except Christ because my partying days are over. Oh, you don't know. 
Your partying days have just begun if you actually receive the word appropriately. Because actually, those partying days, you've been serving those things. You've been a slave to those things. Those things have dominated you. And Jesus came so that you would be free. If you want to find life, you give up your life. You, you humble yourself, and you come under the hand of God, which is mighty. And then he'll lift you up. He'll take crooked places, and he'll make them straight. He'll take these places up and down, up and down, up and down. He'll flatten it out. You'll walk on a smooth path. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Humility is real freedom. Praise God. Well, Paul said to the Corinthians, don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant. <laughs> that should just be one message, right? Like Jesus wept. Don't be ignorant. Don't be ignorant of what? The grace of God. Don't be ignorant of the grace of God. You know, Jeremy could probably uh, testify to this pretty good, but uh, I have a funny thing about my personality sometimes that I, I like uh, buy something brand new, especially if it's like electronics or whatever. You know they come with like this like plastic film on the top of them? Sometimes I just leave that plastic film on there and it just drives some of my friends crazy. They're like, why? Why you got to do this? Church we were on staff in Michigan, they did a massive television upgrade and bought a ton, lots and lots of equipment. So I had stuff like just the, these uh, plastic covers on them for a long time. Well, my wife can attest probably even more that sometimes I'll get something new and um, like, that's kind of embarrassing, I don't know if I want to say that. <laughs> like I bought this jacket a couple years ago, this coat, winter coat. And I thought, you know, it actually had a little a defect that I didn't realize. I got it in an outlet, and I thought, oh, I need to take it back. And I never got around to taking it back, and I didn't take it back. And so I didn't wear it because I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to exchange it so I can get, like, a different one. So I was looking for that coat this morning. I said, do you know where that coat is? Because it was cold this morning. And she said, no. I said, She's like, which one? And I said, you know the one I had for, like, a year that I didn't wear. <laughs> but, you know, you can have a gift from God, a grace from God as a believer, and never open the package, and it belongs to you. And you know, last year when I started wearing that coat, it felt so good. It fits so good. I got compliments, like that looks good on you. And I thought, that is the most ignorant thing. I've had that thing for a year. And I wore it in the store to try it on, and that's the last, well, maybe I wore it at home to show my wife or something, and that's the last time I wore it. But isn't that funny how sometimes you, you can have, and you do have, we do have from the Lord, whether, you're, whether you know it or not, your account is full. You just have to make a withdrawal. And you withdraw by faith. How you access all that is by faith. How do I access that, that coat? I believe it's mine. 
and I go put it on, and I zip it up, and I go outside. Cut the tags off, she says, yeah, cut the tags off. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So Paul said in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, uh, 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 2 Corinthians chapter 8, I don't want you to be ignorant of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. How they had a lot of problems, a lot of difficulties, but they overcame them. He's talking there a lot about financial stuff, but it applies to other areas. How did they overcome? He said they did this by first giving themselves to the Lord and then to us. You got any, any area of your life, you want to see how you are more than an overcomer and you want that to uh, show up in your life in tangible form? Mm -hmm. Give yourself first to the Lord. First give yourself to the Lord. Do you know what I, that means to give yourself to the Lord? That in your heart, you turn to the Lord. In your heart, you turn the situation over to the Lord. Stop trying to be the one that does it. Sure, you're the hands and feet of the Lord, but at his direction. Like, well, I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to go make this. I'm, you know how many times? Uh, you, man, you might cause more problems than what you fix. And then you got to ask forgiveness from the Lord and say, Lord, forgive me. I was just out on my own. I was my own Lord, and I decided this is how I was going to do it. All the while, I knew little promptings on the inside. This is, this is what you directed me to do. So I got myself in a fix. Well, thank God he has mercy. <laughs> Lord, be merciful. He probably looks down and says, well, you know, that's what I am. I'm glad you recognized it. <laughs> now, if you act like it, it, it'll be below your mind, the mercy that you're shown. Praise the Lord. Ha, ha, ha. Well, uh, huh. you guys have, uh, we could worship the Lord with our giving now, I guess. Praise the Lord. Yeah, what are you looking at? Uh, that's fine. No? Uh, maybe just, uh, uh, I'll just keep ministering. But you can come up just so I'm not alone. I've got me and the Holy Spirit up here. The Lord Jesus. Ha ha. Well, if you'd like to worship the Lord this morning with your giving, uh, uh, you probably know how to do it, but you can text to some phone number somewhere. Uh, and you can write a check or you can. Somebody said, like, that's a horrible time to take an offering. You know, like, sometimes it's the best time. You know, I don't minister on uh, worshiping the Lord with your giving every week so that you'll give more money. I do minister it so that you'll give, but not for the sake of the church. The Lord's taking care of us. He'll continue to take care of us. He'll always take care of us because we believe him. 
You know, a father in the faith of me, Kenneth Hagin, his first church he pastored, he pastored that church, uh, I think the first time for just a year or two, and I said the first time because the Lord sent him back. Because when he went the first time, he said, I'm not taking up any offerings. We're not going to take up any offerings. I'm going to do it by faith. <laughs> he said later, he said that was not nothing more than a bunch of spiritual pride. Why? He thinks he knows better than apparently the Holy Spirit that inspired Paul to talk to us about giving. You need to give. I'm not saying like this morning, but you need to be a giver. God so loved that he gave. And your giving and my giving, man, it releases. It, it, it's so funny how the devil, you ever notice how the devil... He'll try and, and, and attack like the very thing that he's trying to do and that he is, he accuses other people of being and trying to do. He's the accuser of the brother. So like, what? Well, they're just trying to get money. They're just trying to do this. They're just trying to do that. That's from the accuser of the brethren. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be. Jesus said, you are not able, it is not possible to serve God and money or the power of money. So when you worship the Lord with your giving, well, well I guess I can't speak for you. I can speak for me. I'm saying, Lord, this is just a little bit of what you have blessed me with. And I bring this to honor you because I love you, to worship you. I bring it out of obedience. But for me, it is a declaration. Every time I'm tithing, every time I'm sowing, I will not be dominated by the power of money or the access that my little brain might think money could give me or the things that my little brain thinks money could give me. I am 100% sold out to God. He is my Lord. So the Lord sent Brother Hagin back to that church. He said, you have to go back and you have to teach them about giving because you robbed them. The Lord told him, you rob the people of that church. I'm not going to rob you. You don't have to give. But I'm certainly going to teach you the word about giving. And if you ever get a hold of it, I was thinking about this two weeks ago. My wife and I, man, it was such an honor. I want to go back. 2005, we went to the Philippines, ministered in three separate churches. It's interesting how every church has a personality, so to speak. And you know, first church didn't have a lot. The last church didn't have a lot. The middle church, they were what I would describe, and probably if you saw them, boy, of the three churches, that's the blessed church. In their town, which is Karigara, they had, on the island of Leyte, they had the nicest building in the entire town. It was like a building that you would have seen in Manila, which is the capital of the Philippines. Gorgeous building. And the pastor told me, he said, we took a little rickshaw thing, you know, and he said, here, let's go by. He said, you know what that is? 
And I said, what is that? That's funny, it looked kind of like this, but it was a little bigger, but it was all dirt. But how the, the ground comes down like this? He said, that is our cockfighting arena. He said, that's where we met and had church for years. He said, we go in early, so if you help us, just think about this. He said, we go in early, we'd clean up all the poop, all the blood, all the parts of chickens, and then we'd have church. So we brought offerings to sow into all the churches. They like, took our offering and gave it back. They set us up, my wife and I, and they said, we want you to go on a date. So they hired a little ruckshaw driver to come pick us up. And then they met us, took us to the nicest restaurant in town, sat outside while we had dinner together. I'm like, come on in, come on in. They're like, no, we want you to have a date. What are they doing? They're honoring, right? They put us in the nicest hotel in town, right on the ocean. Well, if you got problems about money, don't get real concerned. It was a, it was a center block building. It was cold water. But it was the nicest thing in town. I don't think there was a sheet. She still talks about that. There was no sheet on the bed. There's big spiders. Oh, boy. You know what they had? They actually had a car. None of the other people had cars. What am I trying to say? They had gotten a hold of what the Holy Spirit said through the Apostle Paul about stingy sowing is stingy reaping. Bountiful sowing is bountiful reaping. So somebody said, well, you know, basically, I don't really want to preach anything that only works in America. Lo and behold, it works in Karigara on the island of Leyte in the Philippines halfway around the world. That if you get in line, if you're a giver, God will bless you. He will multiply your seed sown. That they were a standout church in that community because God was faithful and honored their giving. It was one of my first major missionary experiences. I've been in several countries before that, but where we just went on our own. We didn't go with another group. We just went. You know, you're like your flesh sometimes. You're kind of like, they took us up an offering. And I said, well, no, we don't want the offering. We don't need the offering. We don't want it. Please, please, let us give it. We've got to sow this. And I thought, well... You can't really argue with what they're doing. It's in the Bible, and you see the fruit of it. I mean, so what we're teaching and how we worship the Lord on giving is not just something we say. It's a reality. I've seen it happen in my own life. I've seen it in lives of others like that in third world countries. Man, if you act in faith and you stand upon the word of God, he's watching his word and he'll perform it. He's actually watching it to perform it. So you get in line with the word and, uh, man, you're going to see. So, uh, you know, I really like the time of worshiping the Lord and giving, most of all, because I, I don't know why, just how the Lord uses me. I love faith. So I, if you notice, most of the time I'm teaching on faith. Believe God. Trust God. Turn from yourself. Turn to Him. Let Him do what only He can do. 
It's like I have these wonderful children. Sometimes uh, some of the kids, they'll start to act like their mother. <laughs> I can do it, Daddy. I can do it, Daddy. No, no. Here, let me help you. No, no, no. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Sometimes I think that maybe that's why the Lord sits in the heavens and laughs. <laughs> You're like, I can do it, Father God. I can do it, Father God. Go, let me do it. Let me do it. He's like, all right. I'm right here whenever you want some help. <laughs> so, like I said, somehow you can text and give. What's that number? 84321. It gives you some response or something. And... Um, uh, you can worship the Lord in your giving. Uh, oh, we should have been passing it out during that. I'm just messed up. Oh, praise the Lord. Messed up in a good way. All right, let's just, Father, we thank you for another opportunity that we have to worship you, to declare that you are our Lord. Oh, Father, we worship you with what you've entrusted to us. Father, we honor you. Oh, we honor you. We honor you with our substance. The first fruits of all of our increase, we give you honor. We praise you. Thank you. You are our source. You are our source in every area of our life. Thank you for your supply. In Jesus' name, amen.